Hello, and welcome to the Boost Over Ball podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Boost Over Ball podcast. This week, we'll have something a little bit different with no professional Rocket League going on. Um, I'd like to announce and bring in a special guest, uh, Danielle Sarikis. She is the director of esports at Lawrence Technological University. She is the NACE, which is the National Association of Collegiate Esports board member. She is the chair of the WAC Esports Conference, and she is currently a finalist for the Game Her Awards Coach of the Year. Will be done a week from today which this is November 22nd that I'm recording this. So on November 29th on Twitch, those awards will be announced. So without further ado, I will jump right into the interview with Danielle Sarikis. Hello, everybody. I'm Danielle Sarikis, head coach slash director of esports at Lawrence Tech. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, answer a couple questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's fun to be on uh podcasts and and different do different types of interviews um i think behind the scenes we chatted how i have done a few of these before um and when i first started i was super nervous and now i'm a little bit less nervous once you start to do them you kind of get experience experience so to speak yeah it gets easier and easier to talk to nobody besides your computer screen okay um, my first question starting out is how did you get into esports? I know originally you uh, you were in healthcare before, so how did you kind of make the switch into that? And did you grow up playing video games? And yeah, uh, that's a loaded question. Uh, I guess buckle up, right? <laughs> um, so, in I guess this, we'll just choose the shortest story first. Um, with healthcare, I was kind of like at the end of the road of wanting to work in healthcare or continuing to want to work in healthcare. Um, so I was starting to approach like, what is it that I wanted to do? And I was not sure because I have a lot of family members who are like deep into healthcare. So I actually played Destiny too with one of my friends, Jason. And his wife worked at Lawrence Tech. She told me about the job, um, came, gave me kind of just a little bit of background that, hey, they had been looking for somebody since 2019. Um, and they really um, had no one that could fill the job. So if I wanted to apply, I could. Um, so I looked at the job and I didn't even hesitate. I applied, got an interview. Uh, really very quick got a second interview three days later um was pretty much hired within by the end of my interview so it was super awesome um and we're actually approaching about two years so it's absolutely crazy you know i couldn't be happier so that's a that's the short of how i got into esports um 
found out about the job, I should say. Like, lucky timing, I suppose. But um, I have a history of video games. I think my first console was a Super Nintendo. Um, I, my actual first con console playing was a Nintendo. Um, but purchasing was a Super Nintendo. And my all-time favorite game on that was Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. Um, and that was like kind of the window into RPGs for me. RPGs, I really have a like soft spot in it. Obviously, I love Skyrim. Who doesn't? I think I think at this point you're beating a dead horse. Everybody, we need a new game. I'm really waiting for Elder Scrolls Six, but I digress. Um, fast forward to basically. P my first PC game that I encountered was Oregon Trail. Uh, PCs weren't easy to acquire back then, and they were only it was in my elementary school. Um, so it was the old school like black and green. Um, I, I guess it was just the screen was black and the text was green. Is how I remember it. Uh, effect and then played in high school unreal tournament in the library as I waited for swim meets because um, I was on the swim team. So I'd wait, it was actually only home meets. So during those times, we'd just hang out in the library and play a big LAN event of unreal. It was super awesome. Um, I say that was my first experience into true PC gaming and probably LAN events and probably actually what we would call esports now um, in a small like fashion I guess yeah for uh, sure yeah it's crazy I, I haven't played that game in so long but it was a fun game um, then we move on to high school played of course GTA in college moved on to um, kind of like working out in Gaming kind of took a back seat, so to speak. So uh, it started to come again in the forefront of, I guess, Pokemon was my favorite, uh, which we are both playing right now. Um, yes. You're playing Violet or Scarlet? I can't remember. I am playing. I'm playing through Violet currently. Yeah, me too. But you know, I buy both games because I'm a sucker. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, I don't know why I still buy both games. The internet exists for a reason now. Um, so, yeah, I guess I've had a long run with gaming. I've played, like, I, you know, some not PG version of life is we used to play uh, rock band before we went out to the bar. So that would be our pre-drinking ritual back in my 20s, early, early 20s. Um, yeah, so I still have Rock Band. It has a close place in my heart. Uh, I'll bring Rock Band to LTU events. Totally different experience now because it's literally just playing for fun. And, you know, you can get everybody in when you're like, hey, this is karaoke. And then they, they're like, they're totally for it. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it, it's so interesting that, like, even people, like, so we set up, like, we've done, like, recruiting booths and stuff on campus to try and bring more people to the team, and everybody stops by, right? You put out, like, Super Smash Bros. or Mario Kart or something like that, and every it kind of draws a big crowd. 
Yeah, I always make the joke that we're gonna they're gonna start uninviting us to those because we kind of like monopolize the whole entire crowd to come see us. But um, yeah, I'm I think it's awesome that it, I think gaming in general has a very big reach and it's not one type of specific person, um, which is kind of like not. I guess the norm people think that it's a specific type of person, but we have people from all walks of life. And I think that it's the one thing that um, our commonality is we all like some sort of game. So I, I truly love this, that aspect of it. Yeah, no, I, I get it. And I'm from, I, I also played conventional sports growing up and y- you kind of get, there's such a low entry cost into like watching and viewing, you know, esports in general, right? It's, it, you need an internet connection yeah. and everyone's got a smartphone now. So you can watch on Twitch and YouTube and things like that. All the people that, you know, play your favorite game or the, the your favorite, you know, content creators that you can, you know, enjoy all of the, the things that they put out. So it, it's even easier and less expensive than, you know, going and watching, you know, something on TV where you need cable and a TV and somewhere that has that stuff or, you know, going to an event. So certainly I think there's a lot of room for growth. And I think that, you know, a lot more people are interested in, in it than what a, what a lot of people originally thought. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you look at it's, it's like funny, your perspective, because if you think about that, like when I was younger, um, internet wasn't the same way as it is now so we had to do land parties you had to be in the same room as people um even if we think about pokemon to transfer to share i think that's where i like the old habit is hilarious because the link cable yeah you had to use a link cable so i think buying now that i'm like in my 30s and and have a grown-up job i'm like well i need both games because i can get both of them by myself when really I could just go to Reddit forums, find a code, and find exactly the Pokemon I'm looking for and can go find it within seconds. Not to mention, I have a wealth of friends at this point that play Pokemon that are grown adults. Um, so, But I, yet I still buy both. But that's, that's the funny part is like I'm still from that generation that didn't have that same option. Um, so it's ext- it's really awesome to see how far it's come if you think of it from that aspect that i had to use a link cable and now we're just like yeah i can be at home i could just text you kyle and be like hey i need um you know your fry fire crack whatever the hell that <laughs> sorry this is a children's show um whatever the the pokemon starter is that i won't pick <laughs> yeah oh well but <laughs> We, we touched on conventional sports a little bit and how esports are different. Um, do you have any any kind of insights on how they're similar? Like how esports and conventional sports are, are more similar than people maybe realize? Yeah. Um, I think it's still... Uh, it's team-based, whether you believe it or not. Um, if you think of a... You know, I always compare Rocket League and soccer, um, even though they that's the ongoing joke, car soccer. So, like, you still need to communicate with your teammates. 
you know, you need to make call outs. You need to make sure that you're the you're doing that team building. You're doing team bonding and communicating. Um, while it's not as physical mentally, it's probably I would argue to say it's actually probably more taxing. And that might just be simply because you're not really, you know, blowing off steam physically to to bring you know to get those good endorphins, those feel goods. Yeah, um, that's fair. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know the science behind it. That, I can't really quote me on science, so don't come for me, whoever's listening to this podcast. But um, <laughs> they watch VOD review. Um, all of the same things. I think one of the biggest takeaways is people are like, how do you coach? Um, and obviously, game coaching is going to be different look different than what i'm about to say but game coaching you're specifically you're you should be superior and understand those games um but as an overall arcing like coach from a idea of what you coach we're teaching them how to be on a team some of these students yeah they came from traditional sports but a lot of them didn't so a lot of them have never um been on a sports team never had to balance life never um some of you know they're graduating high school they're entering college their whole world is changing they went from a extremely structured life to saying you know you got to be at school at you know 7 a.m say and then you're not home till four and then you do homework now They suddenly get all this free time and they're left to learn how to schedule in their own time management. So I would argue to say that is a big proponent of what we're actually coaching as opposed to the game part of it. Yes. Like when you're coaching Kyle, I'm sure you're, you're kind of looking at the things that they're doing wrong, but I I would say that I think our biggest struggle is learning time management. Yeah, no, I I think that that's a big issue for a lot of people, right? So, I mean, I know that, like, especially during high school, I worked best when I had a bunch of stuff going on, right? So I'm in school 7.30 to 3.30, and then, you know, I got hockey or soccer practice after, like, at 4 o'clock to, you know, 6 o'clock or whatever, and then I come home and you eat, and then it's, you know, all of a sudden it's 7.30 and you got homework to do till 10, and then you're going to bed. And that's just it. Right. But then you get to college and it's like, okay, well, I went from being in school, you know, 40 hours a week to now I'm in class 15 hours a week. So then, you know, what do I do with the other 30? Right. So definitely time management is probably a big one. But I I mean, that there are students on on in our program who have, like you said, have never been on a sports team before. So it's a new concept for them to be able to play with the same group of people to try and grow as a team, to try and grow as an individual and become the best, you know, esports athlete, person, student, and <laughs> human that you, they can. So there's a lot of a lot of growing and a lot of managing that needs to happen from from your coaches, and so it's it's definitely a little bit different than some other sports. Yeah, I. I think there's a lot of similarities. I just think that, like, if you look at somebody who's played, let's say, let's say, I was used to football, but I'm going to choose, let's use basketball. 
if they're playing at a collegiate level, they probably have played basketball pretty much their whole life. I'm sure you have some random phenoms that walk on that are good and just, you know, randomly. But I, I would say that they've probably been playing their whole life. They've probably learned team, like, cooperation. They've probably learned a lot of their sport. I think that because esports is still so new that those things aren't built in yet. And so at the college level, at this point, you're kind of teaching those things versus they should be understanding them and learning them more in high school. Yeah, that makes sense. So building on that then, right? So for traditional sports, like I'll, I'll continue that basketball analogy. Um, if you're, you know, if you're good enough, you'll play either travel basketball or you'll play for your high school, right? And that's how you kind of get your name out there. People start to see you. That's You start to get offers to come and play collegiately. If you wanted to be recruited or to recruit yourself for esports, what would you say is the, the best way to do that? Yeah. Uh, pretty much, we, we, I think we all collectively have been using um, a few different sites. We have some free ones out there, uh, at least free on the coaches and NCSA, um, be recruited. Those are profile places that I'm um, able to check people's GPAs, what their level of ranking is, um, and then they're stay plugged in. Now, I kind of put that in as entity of itself because that's a paid for platform. Um, that also has all the things I listed and probably more. Um, but those are all three sites of places we're looking. Um, I think that eSports has a bad habit of using Twitter uh, as a recruiting platform. And I, while it's good, I don't necessarily think that that's the best way to be um, professional. So you can do that. You can, you know, post vods of your gameplay of your strengths highlights i also like um like basically fumbles things that you screw up just to see because you know it takes a strong person to show their strengths and their weaknesses people don't necessarily always do that they always want to highlight all the good things they're doing um and it's not like super bad things just like hey i screwed up here but this is what i did to teach myself and grow from that um so that's there's that uh one of the big things i always push is knowing what you want to do academically um you don't want to come to a school or go to a school i'm sorry that just because of esports you want to make sure that it aligns with your goals and aspirations um because that's what you truly want to do academically i i big proponent of this I also tell students like this is this is your life this is not my life um i am gonna carry on whether you come here or not um but you need to figure out if this is lawrence tech or whatever school aligns with you um i i always tell people you know like if you want to go for it um teaching or political science then ltu isn't going to be the place for you however there are plenty of schools that fit that need, but there are also plenty of schools that will tell you to come to 
play at their school just because they want you somebody that's really um, gifted. And yes, I, I also want that. And Kyle, you also want that. But the we could we are failing students if we do not tell them, hey, this is this is the goals. These are what the things you can attain from attending this university. These are this is what's the end goal here? Like you're the chances of going pro. I guess I saw a figure somewhere that you've got a better chance of going pro in the NFL than you do in esports. So what is the overlying plan and what what do you want to do with your life? So it's really important. Right. I mean, they're student athletes at the end of the day. So the student part comes first and using being able to use esports now, like now that we're in, in a time where that's feasible, like being able to do that, like use esports as a as a means to help get you the best education that you possibly can is something that's really awesome and you should I mean if you're good enough they will find you right and you'll get opportunities to go pro if, if you are good enough and if that's what you truly want to do but you, you should really be using your ability to play your game to get yourself the best education you can in case it you know it doesn't work out for you yeah I mean that's the one of the things um, I actually was really surprised my my cousin did not know that when you take a class it lasts for forever, um, and that he is he is very smart. So before you judge, um, he because he grew up in a healthcare family thought that credits only lasted five years, and you know why? Because in healthcare. If you're going for anything based on healthcare, they want you to take it within a five-year window. So if you're going to nursing school, you need to have taken, you know, AMP in that in a, the last five years. So he didn't realize that they last forever. So just taking the classes, just because you decide, hey, I want to be, I don't know, um, a marine biologist. Well, what if you get into a few classes and that doesn't fit? Well, there's plenty of classes that now you can transfer if you wanted to go for business, you know. And just because you choose to go for this one thing doesn't mean you're trapped in it forever. Um, I have a degree in integrated studies from Oakland University and I'm and a minor in communications. And I was working in healthcare. Most of my classes are health science. Um, and here I am as a head coach of an esports program at a university like I couldn't have predicted that but it just goes to show that whatever as long as you finish and go to school you can do pretty much whatever you want with that really wonderfully expensive piece of paper yeah no kidding I mean I I'm I went to Purdue University in in, in Indiana I'm from Michigan so I went out of state so it was even, it's even more of an expensive piece of paper but yeah I, I get it so the, the opportunity was not available to me nor was I maybe maybe gifted enough to to get a scholarship for esports but i mean it, it's truly an, an awesome awesome that kids now have the opportunity to do that and i'm a little bit jealous of that oh absolutely <laughs> i want i wish i could have got a scholarship to play uh call of duty that's the game i'd probably let's be serious i probably would have been playing right yeah exactly um, i uh i I'm jealous of them, but we get to do the next best thing, which is coach and, and build programs that benefit them because we've we've been doing this for so long. And finally, it feels almost we're almost to the point where it feels legitimized. Um, 
And it might not feel like that to them just yet, but like to to myself, like I just the fact that I'm getting paid full time to do this, I, it's insane. When I got to the point where I, you know, girl girls don't play video games, boys do, and so it's just a really really weird spot to end up. Oh, I'm sure, but that's actually a perfect transition into <laughs> my last question, which is um, being a female and being a director of esports, being on all of the different committees and being a chair of the conference that you are, have you found it like roadblocks with that or has it been less less difficult? I think if you asked a lot of the women that I'm around or that were around or that in esports, some of them have gotten a lot more roadblocks than I think I have. Um, and I don't know if that's because they're the wonderful ladies that are paving the way and have already done this and now are legitimizing women in esports and now I'm able to have a voice or it's the fact that like I'm extremely extroverted. A lot of people in esports are introverted. Um, I am a people person, so that people tend to listen to me. I, I don't know why I'm not always right, but people listen to me. Um, so in a sense of specific roadblocks, no, um, I will say that I think I'm, I, and Kyle, you know this, I think that I am my own worst enemy in taking on all these things. <laughs> Yeah, that's, um, you could say that again. Yeah, so, but um, I mean, I'm pulling it off. So really, it's more of roadblocks of self-implemented roadblocks where, like, how do I have time to and the bandwidth to devote to all these things and properly achieve them? Um, so I, I, there's that part. Um, I don't think I really... People... I give the example of back when I worked at the hospital um, and there was a like a, a, a huge incident that happened in the waiting room um, and some executive come down and, and so obviously I'm not going to name names of the, the hospital but it was a level one trauma center in Metro Detroit and it was just basically a huge incident. Um, and one of my former bosses had climbed the corporate ladders, quote unquote, and that person spoke to them and then was like, oh, okay, it's solved. Not, not to them, obviously. And said to me, took me aside and was like, okay, Danielle, you got this, right? You can do this. So at, it was kind of like at that moment that I realized that my place or my voice was much bigger than I realized. Um, and I think it just from that point on, I carried over to pretty much all the things that I'm doing that I don't know why people, I have the gift of gab. I just continue to people listen to me or, you know, Pied Piper, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I have a wonderful group of ladies that are like mentor and leaders and kind of like sounding boards that I get to speak to quite frequently. So 
even when I'm heal- feeling those weak moments, um, I kind of just chat with them. I think more of mine are starting to come as we grow super successful and it feels like you get pushback as you get more and more successful. Um, and that seems backwards, but that's what it's kind of feeling like more so now versus before. The last thing I, I kind of got for you is I'll roll out the red carpet. Tell that, Feel free to tell everyone what you got going on. If there's anything you'd like to plug, if there's any social medias you'd like to, you'd like to give out, I'm going to put, put them in the episode description. So feel free to, to let everybody know what, what's happening with you. Yeah. Um, so I am nominated for the Game Hers Award. Um, I'm a finalist. It's actually going to be next Tuesday, the 29th. That's when it's going to air. So hopefully um, we'll find out what happens there. Just to be nominated is really awesome. I've only been here for two years in this space coming from healthcare. It's rather astonishing how quickly um, this is all occurring. Uh, I am part of eSports and Coffee, which is a group of five women who got together and were like, hey, let's start this Twitch show. Um, Let's talk about marginalized voices and people of under-representative spaces within eSports and in the community. So um, that's pretty awesome. And you can follow that in the link. And... um, trying to think i'm i'm probably missing something can you think of anything kyle that i'm forgetting i mean never a bad time to further plug ltu social medias so uh... <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i suppose that should be it hey the well, place i work if you want to be recruited come to uh head to lawrence tech esports and then you can click on be recruited um yeah we're always looking for people i think that we forgot to say that um, we compete across 10 titles, 50 students on the roster. This is our second year. Um, we're having a fun, phenomenal year. Yeah, I we ended up third within this past weekend at our LAN event, which is really awesome. Um, take ex- time, anyone who's listening. Uh, that's another thing you need to do for colleges, like before you go is if you have a chance to experience a LAN event, experience a LAN event. Um, Get those first time jitters out of the way. I think that was one of our strengths this year. I got feedback from a a couple of our Rocket League players as they were like, yeah, it's, I didn't get to, it was my first LAN. Um, I got to going to the first one in September versus coming here this weekend. I'm glad we were able to go in September. And I was like, I'm, I'm, that's the, that was the goal. I'm glad that you were able to experience that. So, um, there's that, but obviously, you know, on the board of directors for NACE. So we got some exciting things probably coming in the future for NACE. Uh, yeah. Great association. You should, you should join, reach out to AJ. (laughs) Well, Thank you so much for taking the time to answer a few questions. I know that a lot of people are probably interested in hearing um, hearing more about uh, collegiate esports and especially hearing about what you have to say. So hopefully uh, the Game Her Awards uh, go well next Tuesday. And uh, thank you again, and I will talk to you later. Yeah.
Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Boost Over Ball podcast. I hope you enjoyed the interview, and we will be back at you again next Wednesday, hopefully with another interview talking about uh, recruitment in collegiate esports. Thank you so much. I hope everyone has a great holiday weekend. Happy Thanksgiving. And as always, remember to grab Boost Over Ball. Thank you for listening to the Boost Over Ball podcast. Thank you.